There's a quote from Kurt Vonnegut that goes, I've wondered where home is, and I realized it's not Mars or someplace like that. It's Indianapolis when I was nine years old. I had a brother and a sister, a cat and a dog, and a mother and a father, and uncles and aunts, and there's no way I can get there again. Where home resides for each and every one of us differs from person to person. Some may not have found theirs yet, but more often than not, we only recognize where it is when we look back on it, and by then it's already too late to go back and appreciate it to our fullest. But these concepts of home are what drive us to succeed. They push us into becoming better people, but most importantly, they grant us a window in our minds to clearly see where our values lie and where our hopes are cultivated. Welcome to Let's Get to Know Each Other, a podcast hosted by me, Tanner DeVore, where I interview students like you with stories from their lives and the impacts they've left on them. In this episode, we'll get to know Chris Mickelson. So, Chris, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm good. Doing good today. You, uh, I hear you, you called me here asking about my home. Yeah, the uh, what home is to you. So, not necessarily where you grew up, but like that uh, Kurt Vonnegut quote that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, my home is definitely going to be where I grew up in Plainfield, Joliet area. It's like an hour out of Chicago. It's a decent place. Um, I grew up kind of on the border of a couple of towns, Plainfield, Shorewood, Juliet. Got to see a little bit of everything. Um, I truly mean everything from crime to different schools, uh, basically everything. And it was honestly a great experience for me. I made lots of great friends who I still have to this day. Okay, so what age? Um, I've lived age there, range. honestly, probably my high school years. High school? So what happened in high school then? Really, I hung out with friends a lot. I was on the track team and the cross country team. And really, I guess I didn't spend a whole lot of time at my house. Now that I think about it, most of my time I spent in school, at school, practicing or lifting and then after school, going and hanging out with friends, whether it's at the, you know, like one of our local restaurants or going to somebody's house or just driving around sort of thing. Mostly when I was at home, it was just to eat breakfast, dinner, sleep, work on some homework here and there. So I guess really um, my circle of friends kind of became like who I associated best with my home. What were some of the friends? You can, If you feel comfortable saying names, you can just use first names. Yeah, I could probably give you some like initials. Like, um, I got uh, AJ, David, Keith, um, Icy, Anthony, Jalen. Lots of people. I mean, probably most of the people that I was on the sports team with. And then outside of sports, I had friends like my friend Oliver or Alex, typically that I would hang out with. Really, it was like who I had spent. The most time within classes became my friends and then we developed relationships outside of class i don't know i don't know where to go from here honestly i can talk a little bit about mine too and if that sparks any memories you can jump in whenever you want um 
home for me is probably middle school through high school uh, where I grew up. I did spend quite a bit of time at home, but I, I did a lot of martial arts outside of school and, and outside of home. So like five days a week, I was doing that and got to the point where I started helping teaching. So I started being there even longer for other classes that weren't mine. And I would hang out with a kid named Brandon a lot. Uh, we started hanging out in grade school and I would go to his house during summer, especially I'd go to his house like every day, I'd ride my bike over there mm -hmm. and we'd watch YouTube or we'd play GameCube or uh, he had a Wii. And then I had like Stefan, Josh, and Carter, Stefan's little brother, Ethan, and we'd all hang out at, at Stefan and Ethan's mom's boyfriend's house, Mr. Mayor. And he lived on a lake. So that was cool. He had a little bit of woods in his backyard too. Talked about this on the last episode. We had a fort in there that we made. So we'd hang out in the fort and then we'd hang out by the lake or we'd go, uh, not paddle boarding, but those, those boats where you, they've got like bicycle pedals mm -hmm. and you paddle that way. Yeah. 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 I understand. And we'd do that or, uh, they had kayaks too. And we'd kayak on the lake, but as far as the home home park goes, like, yeah, everybody, nobody was working yet. So we were free to do whatever we wanted. We could go skating. Um, we could do our homework or we could not do our homework if we didn't want to. And we would just like explore around because at that age, you don't really know anything about the world yet. You're just kind of in it. Testing kinda, things out. Yeah, you're just testing things out. Right. And just walking around being a kid. And those are probably the best times. Yeah. Before that, my dad was in the military. And so my grandma and my mom were around a lot and he was gone for somewhere in between like five to 10 years. I'm not sure. Um, total. He, he came back a few times and would visit for holidays and stuff like that. But he was gone for probably that amount of time. And so that was kind of hard. But I didn't think of it as hard at the time. Looking back, I probably like missed him a lot. But after that, when he got back and then uh, middle school happened and then high school happened, those are those are really good times. Um, how was school for you? I don't want to say it was easy, but uh, I was probably one of those kids that didn't study really ever and passed my classes with A's and B's, did the homework and then took the test whenever we had it. But I'd probably say I didn't spend too much time outside of school working on homework. I definitely spend more now in college, more time yeah. doing homework now. Yeah. I uh, kind of similar. I didn't spend time outside of class uh, trying to get the material down. And I got uh, like C's and B's. Sometimes I got a D. It was usually a math class when that happened. I was not good at math. And I did try doing math outside of class. I would get, I tried tutors. Um, I worked my off outside of it and didn't like really tried to study the material and I just could not get it and and even now when uh when I had to do my gen eds over at my community college before I came here I was still just putting in all this work and not it didn't seem like I was getting anything out of it was not good at math so I mean but I, it's kind of fine now because I was able to say nope not going to do anything where I have to do math again <laughs> and now I don't have to take classes like that I'm pretty envious of that because in my psych program, 
that I'm taking here, I have to take a stats class, a psych stats class, a research class, which involves more math. So uh, I, I don't feel like I can escape it at this point. And I wish I could do that. I guess I never really thought about majoring in psych requiring math classes. I didn't either, believe me. <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't go into it. Um, what got you into psych? Oh, man. Back to high school. My high school uh, AP psych class. I had a pretty cool teacher, and uh, she really just made the class fun. Even though it was a ton of work, she had us do like 20 to 30 note cards for every chapter, which basically was every week. So we were constantly writing note cards outside of class, um, doing activities in class, watching videos, writing papers. It was a pretty intense class, but she presented it in a way that made it pretty fun and interesting to go through. And I think that's honestly what caught me was that I was really enjoying the content. And so here I am today. I definitely have had some changes, though, throughout, throughout my life. I had initially decided for myself, oh, I want to be a psychiatrist. But that requires med school. Yeah. And then residency after that to like specialize. And I said, that's not really what I want. So I decided to go for criminal justice. Who knows? Look into people committing crime. And that and my junior college didn't have a psych program. So I did that. And as I dove deeper into the topic, I found that I would much rather be helping people in a psychological way than putting them behind bars. Right. So I shifted focus yet again. And when I transferred here to Eastern, I decided why not go for a psychology degree. I had a teacher in high school for psychology too. And, and he was really cool. His name was Mr. Borkert. And once a month he would walk us through a guided meditation so Ooh. we could bring pillows or something or blankets and some kids would just nap but you could just listen to his voice while he walked you through a meditation and that was pretty cool i did nap a couple times but it's kind of hard not to that's fantastic yeah it was really cool i liked that a lot um i mean kind of similar to you i i took a criminal justice course my mm -hmm. senior year of high school through this thing called Tech Campus, where you could you would take a bus over to the community college from the high school and do basically college classes that were specific to different majors. And then the credits of those classes, they're not really they weren't really like AP classes, but the credits would transfer over to college That's awesome. whenever you went. And so I, I took a criminal justice class and it was really easy. We had like one or two tests. And then not really any homework assignments. I, I think we only had one homework assignment and I didn't do it. And I ended up with an A. So go. I started college off with a 4.0, which was cool. It didn't stay that way, though. It didn't stay a 4.0. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's hard to keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I had one last semester, but that's because I mm -hmm. opted to have one of my classes uh, not yeah. count. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> so type of story that's always fun to tell are times where we got in trouble when we were kids and can't get in trouble for talking about it now oh, are there any times where you got where you are a wild one with your friends oh no i don't know should i talk about this 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 might be kind of kind of out there um when i was younger and by younger i mean back in high school 
when I was insane. My friends and I had this little this little airsoft club, and we would go airsofting in the woods, like uh, maybe ten minutes away from our houses, like just kind of nearby. And we would dress up in these tactical vests, camo gear. We looked pretty official, and I, I'm gonna say we thought pretty highly of ourselves. <laughs> and so we were out here shooting at each other with all these airsoft guns. And one day police show up and we're just out here with these guns. And some of us didn't really keep those orange tips on the guns. I was was about to ask that. Um, And for me, one of mine had just broken off completely. So I'm just sitting there, this gun, life-size gun, like gas operated. I'm just like, please, please. I'm like hiding behind my back as the police are coming up. That looks even worse. (laughs) You've already got the tactical gear on. Oh, it's terrible. And these cops, if it, if we weren't so short and uh, had some high pitched voices, the cops would have probably been pretty uh, walked pretty up, upset. gun strong. I might say, like, yeah, yeah. So they they kind of came in knowing that we were doing this because we were out there almost every week <laughs> shooting these guns around. And typically, when the cops would walk over, I say typically as if it happened multiple times, but <laughs> the the one time they did, we were holding our guns up in the air and like, you know, we would put them down or hold our arms up, you know, sort of thing. And they would come up to us and they asked like, you know, what are you guys doing out here? And we're like, well, we're just, we're just having fun shooting each other. And the cops were like, Oh, well, next time you got to call us about it. We didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that, I didn't know that either. You, you can call the police and let them know if you're going to be uh, foolish like we were. And shooting each other around in a forest reserve. And then if they drive by and they see it, then they know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, being like 13, 14, we had no idea that you were supposed to do this. And You know, it was, it was a lesson and it was kind of scary. <laughs> and by kind of scary, I mean, I hid behind somebody the whole time yeah. and made sure I wasn't seen. <laughs> um, wow, wow. But they they were fine with it. Why did they? Wait, I mean, why did they yeah. show up? Did somebody call, or did they? Were they just patrolling in the in the preserve? No, nah, I think because uh, so we usually sat around this pavilion, and the pavilion could be seen from the road, and it was like maybe like 30, 40 yards away, and there's a little parking lot. And typically, after we got out, like we got shot or something, we would go sit back at the pavilion. And wait until the round was over. And so we're just sitting there with these picnic benches loaded up with these fake guns and all this ammunition and equipment and gear. And we're all dressed up. And then these cops show up. Gotcha. So it was kind of like they, they could just drive by and they saw us. And it was it was embarrassing, but terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I had friends that pretty much all of my friends were into airsoft guns. And so we had them. I didn't. I never had my own, but I definitely used them. That was kind of the nice part about Mr. Mayor having some woods in his backyard. We could just shoot airsoft guns back there, and no one would care. Um, I talk about in the last one how uh, the fort that we made, we found like this door that somebody was throwing out, and they had it out in front of their house. And so we just grabbed it, and we took it and used it as our front door for the fort because we had some pretty high walls on there. So it like it didn't look silly having an actual door that's a life-size door 
and uh it was like one of those screen doors and so it had glass mm-hmm. on the, the outside and so before we set it up we're like we're, let's just shoot it oh my let's gosh, just break yes. the glass with it and so we did that for an afternoon um this just reminded me of something having the the cop show up and it might possibly going bad um i had this friend i'm not gonna say his name just because the story is a little bit more intense so i don't i don't think he'd want his name out there but uh he have you seen the show prison break yes okay yes, <laughs> that's a good way to start it okay so prison break um they they filmed it at what's that there, it's a prison that's here in illinois but I, it's closed down now i think it might have been in joliet oh, stateville might yeah might is that shut now? down yeah, and I think aban- so. Isn't I abandoned think so. Yeah. They use it for a haunted house a lot. Okay, yeah. Like every year. And I, I think it might have been that one. They filmed it there because it's closed down. It's not in mm-hmm. operation. And he was in this class where he was in this photography class and they needed to take pictures of something that was that was run down. And so he went to this prison that was used for the filming of Prison Break. And he found his way in and was just walking around and taking pictures. And eventually he made his way to the what he, what he thinks was the warden's office because it had a lot of filing cabinets and it had maps of the original layout of the building. Oh, my goodness. And so he took a picture of the map, but then he also stuck in his backpack. Oh, um, there you go. Because it was around the time where we were watching Prison Break. And that's why he chose that prison, because he's like, oh, just so happens that it's also abandoned and I can just go in there. And so he he takes the the map and he's walking around and then all of a sudden a, a cop comes around this corner already with his shotgun pulled. Oh my gosh. And and sees him and ha- has it pulled and is like freeze. And so he starts the the cop is like what are you doing here? I this could have gone bad <laughs> literally. And, and he was like I'm I'm just walking around uh, taking pictures of of this place for one of my photography classes and the the cop is like all right you uh he, he didn't ask for the camera which my friend was super stoked on because he definitely could have um he let him keep the camera for his class and told him like he you need to get out now you can't stay here yes. and leave and so he leaves and the the cop doesn't even ask to search his backpack or anything so he was, oh able, to, he was able to keep the map but yeah when he, he told us that right after it happened like he got outside and back to his car and uh or i think he got picked up because he didn't want to leave a car there because that would be too obvious but yeah uh he told us right after and we we're like oh my gosh wow. like if if that <laughs> cop could be got dead. a little bit more startled from seeing you yes and that finger just twitched yeah, he doesn't really need to aim with a shotgun. No, no. Oh. <laughs> Prison. Prison. Shotgun. You're making me you're making me think of some some crazy stuff that happened. So there's this neighborhood. It's like a mile away from where I live. And one night, this actually was pretty recent. This is when I was in junior college. And my sister had just moved in to this neighborhood. And somebody was having a house party. And the morning after this house party, cops are called, police show up, there's three three people dead, and this one dude who apparently killed killed them had been like trying to get money out of them because he was a drug dealer. And I guess this was the last straw. 
And so this house party, they got they got hit. But this was crazy because it was just like right right near where I lived at. My sister was living right nearby, and it just happened. And the police just kind of like shrugged it off. They were like, "We caught the guy. Who cares?" But it was pretty intense to just see that stuff happen. So I mean, it's kind of it's just it's just wild to see some stuff like that. I don't even know if you would keep this in. Maybe not. Um, I mean, if I I think it's fine. That yeah, that's so crazy. Um, when I was in high school, I grew up in a small town called Anyak by the okay. by the border of Wisconsin, uh, like forty minutes north of Chicago. If there's not traffic, so like forty minutes north of Chicago at two a.m. But at like <laughs> five p.m., we're like two hours away from Chicago. And nothing really happened in that town as far as crime, except for drugs, because it's a small town. Yeah. But this one time, there was a double homicide, and bodies were left in a dumpster. And so that, that was a big thing that people were talking about. We had uh, yeah. kids weren't allowed to leave the house for a while until they caught the guy, but then they caught him like a couple days later. And it, it wasn't a random crime so it was probably gonna right. be fine for that for everybody i think it was a a cheating significant other mm. and and they're uh the person they were cheating with um but yeah that was that was a weird one too i feel like a lot of crimes that are like homicide or stuff like that i feel like a lot of it's personal usually like is the the typical stuff i heard on the news was just like we we had a lot of domestic violence occur and that's just generally between um, significant others. Often, um, sometimes it was between like children, but children, yeah, you know, like well, like an adult, like a parent and a child, sort of oh, thing. Oh, okay, yeah. But for the most part, it was between significant others, and it was like you know, this is this is often what we hear about is people that have some sort of relationship with the person, and that's typically what the crime is. Yeah. It's usually not completely random, but it can be. And those ones are those ones are particularly scary. And I feel like that's something that maybe the news talks about more is like they focus on some of the stuff that is more random. Yeah. And they tend to they might generalize that more as opposed to like pulling up stats that are specifically showing that most crimes occur with people who know the person. And I mean, maybe I'm I'm probably just spouting lies because i didn't research this at all but we're not a research podcast um i can talk about anything if you if you ask me something i'll give you any kind of answer okay well it's gonna be a loaded question you're probably gonna have to take a second to I think about these. it what is your best childhood memory that you have oh my goodness that is a loaded question i'm only thinking of bad things this is, this is not <laughs> this isn't working <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, that that's how that goes? Yes. Our fondest memories are usually the ones where we're doing something we're not supposed to. It's not even like a bad memory. It's just something that I thought I think is funny. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. So the first one that pops in my head, like Im- immediately, is I was probably like eight or nine. And I'm reading some books for, for school because we had to do, what was it called? It was like accelerated reading or like it was some oh, sort yeah. of like book club type of thing. I think it was called accelerated reading. Yeah. And uh, so I was reading this book and conveniently my bed in my room was about like a foot 
and a quarter away from the wall. And my headboard was rather tall. And so I could I could tuck myself back there and just sit and read my book. And there was this one weekend that my parents were like trying to get me to do some chores or whatever, like go, I don't know, take out the trash or something like that. I might know where this is going. They spent like all day looking for me. They walked in my room like four or five different times. They're like calling my name. I'm just sitting there reading this book. It was like a clue mystery book or something like that. And I thought it was the funniest thing because I'm just <laughs> sitting there getting my accelerated reading on and they're just going throughout the house searching for me. And then finally, when I finished the book, I came downstairs and I was just like, what's up? What do you guys need? And they were like, where the heck have you been? And I was like, I've just been sitting in my room chilling, reading this book. <laughs> and forever after that, I thought I could just hide anywhere and my parents would never find me. And so it just sparked this whole, like, I guess, like competitive spirit within myself to then see if I could hide in my closet, under my bed, <laughs> wherever. And my parents would just never find me. And uh, yeah, I, th I think that was honestly my, my one of my fonder memories was just <laughs> sitting there taunting uh, them. If you send a link to this and your parents listen and they just hear <laughs> that one of the best memories that you have is when you just gave them a heart attack for an entire afternoon. It does sound bad, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds terrible. No, but to a kid, though, that's great. Because, I mean, yeah, like when I was small enough to do it, I would hide in cabinets. Absolutely. And things like that. We had a we had a giant fish tank in my living room and it was like a double decker type thing. So it had a it had a fish tank on top and then it had this cabinet space underneath. Okay, yeah. And I could open that up and I could just crawl in there and I'd play my Game Boy <laughs> with like the sound of running water play above my head. Away. Yeah, I think uh one of the best things to do as a kid is just find small areas and just be in them. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about about children. Just like your little your little nook, yeah. That you just chilling at that age, the world is just so loud, and you just want it to be quiet, you just hide somewhere. Yeah, and to an extent, yeah, we contribute to that loudness. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, and then when we're being quiet, doing our own thing, people want us. Yeah, no, for real. Call us out to do stuff. <laughs> All right, you don't have to answer this question because I know it can be touchy feely for some people. Um, I'll try to think of my own answer for it so that you're not alone in it. But uh, what's what's like your worst childhood memory or one of the worst? If you do have a worst and don't want to say that. Oh, my goodness. My worst childhood memory. OK, 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 OK. This <laughs> this one. Ooh, yeah, let's hope my parents don't listen to this. <laughs> OK, so it's 2007. We're, we're in San Diego. Is it San Diego? No, it's, it's San Francisco? Anaheim. Oh. I think wherever wherever Disneyland is, that's where we're at. We're in Disneyland. It's like getting late, kind of close to the park closing. And I'm like, man, mom, dad, I just want to go on this one more ride. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. We'll go We'll go this one ride before we leave. Um, spoilers. We never went to that ride. Okay. But my dad and I like sat down. This is actually the last thing that I remember is that I was like sitting on my dad's shoulders or something like he's carrying me. And next thing I know, I wake up and I'm on a bench on the side of the road with my dad. My dad's sitting on the bench. I'm like sleeping next to him. We wake up. I say we. I don't know if he was asleep or awake or what. I was asleep. I woke up. It's like four in the morning. We're just on the side of the road. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Meanwhile, my mom and two sisters are at 
the hotel. And I don't know what the heck happened that we got left there, but we had to walk to some other hotel and be like, hey, we're trying to get here. And they give us some like directions and we like manage to walk there. And we finally get back to the hotel. And then my parents just start yelling. They're just having this argument about like, I don't know, my dad fell falling asleep or something or like them going to, they went to the bathroom or somewhere to get food. And I don't know, we somehow got left behind. And I guess they were, they were arguing about that. But that was one of the most worrisome times was when I was just like out there on my own with my dad. And I was like, I don't know what's going on because I had fallen asleep. It was, uh-huh. it was wild. I, I thought since you didn't remember how you ended up on some park bench, I thought you were going to say that you fell off of his shoulders oh, and no. like hit your head and got knocked out. Honestly, I wouldn't know. So maybe. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Yeah. Oh, man. How did, how did that even happen? Because you're like walking to the ride. Then all of a sudden, plans just change. I don't even remember what happened. It was just spooky. Spooky, yeah. When you were talking, you brought up Disneyland. It's kind of reminded mm-hmm. me. Oh, so I'll tell this one. It was definitely uh, a low, a lower uh, point. This is probably 2019 spring break. My family is in Cozumel, Mexico, and it had been a while since we had a, a family vacation to of that scope. Um, last one was probably. Uh, oh man, I wish I didn't set that up with the probably because I don't want to get it wrong and have my family think that I forgot some big family vacation that we went on um a, w- a while before but yeah i was gonna but i was gonna say the last one was probably disney world when i was like 10 so i'm 19 now when this is happening mm-hmm. and so it's probably 19 years since our last big family outing and the drinking age in mexico is 18 Ooh. so and it's an all all expense paid for vacation all the drinks are included all the food is included and there's tiny little bar tables set strategically around the resort <laughs> so that how this is going to go wrong so, so that every like 10 steps that you take you've got another bar you can stop at <laughs> so so i was given the okay to drink since it was legal for me there and they didn't want to take that part of the experience away from me and so we have this day where we don't have anything planned we're not going to the the ocean we're not surfing or anything we're just at the resort we're just chilling so i I go around and I'm like writing in my journal, working on this book that I was working around in my head for a while. And so I get this uh, idea of Hunter S. Thompson and being gonzo and just drinking and writing the whole day. So that's what I did. I went to the first bar. Well, first we had breakfast. That was a buffet. And I started with sangria. So I was just drinking sangria. And then we go our separate ways, doing our own thing. And every time I go to the bar, I get like a uh, Jack and Coke. And then I'll also get a tequila shot. Oh my God. Or, or it might not be a Jack and Coke. It might be some sort of vodka drink or like a vodka slushy, but I'll, I'll get a shot of tequila with it each time. Oh my goodness. And, uh, and so, and now I, I had, keep in mind, I had like four or five drinks, which means I had four or five shots of tequila too. As like a 19 year old who never really drank before. And I, there was a beach on the resort. And so I'm sitting there in this chair and I'm drinking my drink and it runs out. So I go and I grab another one. So maybe like my sixth drink with another tequila shot. So I take that and I get like the snow cone vodka drink. So it's like blue raspberry with vodka in it. And my mom, 
my mom sees me and she's like, what, uh, what's in your hand? And I was like, I think I told her it was some sort of Kool-Aid snow cone type oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she knew I was lying. She had me throw that away and I did. And then, uh, and then I went by the pool and she went back and did her own thing. Cause I threw the drink away and I think they probably noticed me getting stuff once in a while. Cause it's wasn't a big area we were in. So it's not like I could just be away from them the whole time. Like they could see me once in a while if we crossed paths. Um, so I go by this pool and there are like these beds that have water resistant cushions on them. Ooh. So you could like lay down and I'm, I'm laying down cause everything started to spin a little bit and I don't remember, but at one point I leaned over, threw up and then got up, left my stuff on the bed like my backpack oh. and everything and went to two uh, chairs down where I was just, it was just uh, like regular pool chairs. So I left the bed, went two chairs down to get to these uncomfy pool chairs and then, then fell back asleep on that All right. for a couple more hours. And then my mom woke me up talking about how they were looking for me forever. They couldn't find me. So I guess maybe it was a big enough place for me to just hide away, oh my God. but they, they couldn't find me. Um, she was freaking out and then she starts walking me back to, to our hotel room. And as we're walking back, um, I'm still very drunk because it's only been like two hours. Uh, and I'm just like, am I in trouble? And she gives me the, the classic, no, you're not in trouble. She doesn't say we're just disappointed. Yeah. She, she leaves that part out for later, but she says, no, we're not, you're not in trouble. We're not mad. And then I'm like, ah, cool. No one's mad awesome everything's gonna be fine i walk in my sister who's uh five years younger than me so i was 19 she was then make her 14 yeah and um and and she's just crying oh <laughs> she's just bawling her eyes out my dad is trying to like rubber back like console her and is just looking at me <laughs> these <What>? glaring eyes <laughs> and immediately my my inner dialogue goes from oh this is great everything's fine I'm still a little drunk. We'll go back. We'll watch a movie as a family. <laughs> Everything will be fine. And I walk in. Everyone's just, it's like the, uh, the Donald Glover community gift where he walks in, everything's on fire. And I'm just like, ah, no, I am very much in trouble. Oh my goodness. I think she might've just been lying to me because I'm drunk. Might've. And so they're crying and I'm just like, I'm sorry. And I'm slurring my words and I feel like such a dirt bag. But then I, you know, uh, the world works in mysterious ways and i woke up the next morning terrible hangover but still had to go swim with dolphins oh just and like have salt water sting my eyes all day so i learned i learned my lesson i didn't drink the rest <laughs> of the trip but oh also uh this happened two days into our vacation that was five days <laughs> so it didn't oh, even man. it didn't even take me two days for me to just get trashed and pass out by the pool so you're telling me you didn't do it again I didn't, on the third or fourth day. I didn't do it on the third or fourth day. I did have I did have like a drink here and there just with dinner or something, mm -hmm. but I did not have more than two drinks in one sitting after that. But yeah, I haven't I mean, really lived that one down yet. It's turned into a funny story now, though. But I can believe that. Taking all them tequila shots, just <laughs> we'll do that. I don't know. With what, every drink. I don't know why. And my dad even told me before we went on the trip. He gave me a warning about tequila and mm -hmm. how his, his friends and him one time like drank an entire bottle of tequila and got very sick. And now he can't mm -hmm. drink it anymore because 
of association. And I still was just like, no, but every, I'm in, I'm in Mexico. I think when I hear that a lot. Yeah. I hear that a lot. People say that about tequila. They're I think like, it's the only upper too. The only alcoholic really? upper. Yeah. Oh man. So that might've been what compelled me to continue to do it. What I really want to know is what happened to your stuff? Two oh, chairs my, down. My stuff was still there. My stuff wasn't. So you got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah I grabbed it. Well, that's um, fantastic. Yeah, my mom pointed that out, though. I probably wouldn't have remembered that detail. But when she woke me up, she's like, why is your stuff over there? And I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I was there, too, though. <laughs> so the real question is, why am I here? Because this is a lot less comfortable. How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> I do vaguely remember throwing up, though. I had uh, my stomach was a little queasy and I did the it was it was nighttime. The sun was down at this point and I I did the old finger and the throat trick. Oh, no. And. And, but I tried, t- I remember vaguely trying to time it so that people didn't see me because there was still a little bit of movement outside. Mm. And so somebody like walked past and there was like this pillar near where I was. And so I threw it behind that. There you go. Behind that pillar. Yeah. These are some techniques. Yeah. It's almost like I had been there before, <laughs> but I hadn't. Had a whole plan. All right. Well, I'm about at 45 minutes. It was nice talking to you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me, Tanner. This was fantastic i was honored glad you're honored thank you so much bye the song used in today's episode is future funk by schmeckeldorf that's s-h-m-e-c-k-l-e-d-o-r-f Check him out on SoundCloud. He's one of my good friends from back home, and it sure means a lot to me. I'd like to again thank Chris for coming on today. If you have a story from your life that's important to you and wish to come on as a guest to share it, no matter what it is, email me a brief summary of what you'd want to talk about at tmdevore at eiu.edu. That's t-m-d-e-v-o-r-e at eiu.edu. And don't forget, if you could rate this podcast and leave a review, even if it's negative, that will help me a lot as I continue to try to perfect this weird thing that the newspaper is letting me do, which means higher quality episodes for you guys. And speaking of episodes, there will be a new one every Friday. Now, go call your family. They miss you.